Amen. You may be seated. On that day when your strength is fading and the time's drawing near, what are you going to be singing praises to? You know, I, I hear that song. I like that song. We, you get there and you start thinking about the end. You start thinking about, you know, I want to have that kind of faith. I want to have faith that, that is not shaken even though our health is failing, even though uh, we know our time on this earth is, is drawing to an end. That's the reality that every person faces. Every person faces that it's dark. We don't want to go there. We don't want to think about it. But it's true. It's coming for all of us. We're a, we're a day closer to the end than we were yesterday. We're a day closer to that moment when, when, we're, when our lives is over and the choices we made during this life decide our eternity. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. question I've been asking here recently is why did God give his son? Why did Jesus come? You know, and, and for us, many of us in the church, we, we take for granted. We just know this. We grew up hearing God's word. We've grown up hearing the gospel, the good news. We know we know the stories, we know creation stories, and Jonah and the whale stories, and David and Goliath, and Noah and the ark. We know all of those stories, but for many people, knowing stories and having a relationship are two different things. You can know the stories and not have a relationship. You can know all these stories... And not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Cannot not have a relationship with God the Father. For God so loved the world that he gave. The question is, why did he give him? I mean, from a human perspective, from a worldly eye, it makes no sense. It's foolishness. Why would God send his son down here to an earth and, and watch him be rejected, watch him be murdered there on a, on a sinner's cross, why would God do such a thing? If God's a loving God, if God's a, a just God and a fair God, if, if God loves, why does, why does that song have to exist, Casey? If, when the end draws near, our time on, on this earth ends, why does people die if God's a loving God? God's a good God. If God's a fair God, why does people die? That just doesn't seem fair. Why does God do that stuff? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, his only begotten son. A lot of people don't, it, it, I get it. I'm a believer. I pray you get it. But I pray that you get it not just on a mental and intellectual of I understand that was the stories. Those are the stories of the Bible. Those are the stories that, that I have heard in the Bible since I was a kid. Sunday school teachers taught me. Faithful men and women of old taught me. And I just know that book. I want to ask you this morning, there's a difference. Do you know the God of that book? Do you have a relationship with the God of this book? Do you? 
Do you have a relationship with the God of this book? I'm not asking you if, hey, can you tell me the story of David and Goliath? Yeah, David went and he was taking his brothers some stuff and there was a, there was a fight going on and, and there was these bad guys calling out the God of the Bible and, and David stood up and he killed the bad guy. I'm not talking about being able to spit facts. How many books of the Bible are there? Can you quote the books of the Bible? Do you, have you memorized John 3.16? For many, John 3.16 is kind of like I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. It is a memorized, regularly often quoted verse that does nothing inside me. Does nothing inside them. It's just words. How many times we stood at a ball game? How many times we, 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 we stand up and we sing the Star Spangled Banner? We can, I, I know the words of the Star Spangled Banner. I know the words of John 3.16. I know the words. It's just words. I, I say lots of things, but see how dangerous it can be? See how scary it can be? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Why would he do such a thing? Why did he have to do that? It wasn't because he... There, there was a reason he did it. You know, we, we fall short of it. If we just say, yeah, because God is love. God, God loves is the reason that he sent his son. He wanted to show us so much love. He wanted to just pour his love out on us. That's not biblical. God didn't do it to pour love out on us. God did it to save us. God did it to save you. God did it to save every man, woman, boy, and girl on the planet. Because every man, woman, boy, and girl on the planet are enemies of God. You know, that's, see, when you go there, that's the stuff that... Well, well, that just doesn't make sense, preacher. That doesn't make sense. How, how can a loving God be... Be angry with us. He loves us. God is love. Yes, He is. And there's people that can go an entire lifetime and believe that God is love and sing the love songs and quote the love verses and be lost is all get out. You can go through life and believe that God is love and miss the God who is love. You can miss him altogether. You cannot have a relationship with him and still call him love. Because mama said so, and godly teachers said so, and doggone it, this book says so. I, I mean, the book says so, and the preacher always told me to believe in the book, and I, I believe the good stuff of the book. And Is he your Savior? Is he your Lord? Do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? And on that day, when my strength is fading, the end draws near and your time has come. It don't matter what you've done on this earth. 
It don't matter how many people you've helped. It doesn't matter how much money you put in an offering plate or how many mission trips you went on or how many times you were dunked in a baptistry and sang in a choir. On that day, the only thing that matters is is Jesus your Lord and Savior? Do you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? That's all that matters. It's not that you knew verses in this book or memorized entire chunks of this book. It's do you have a relationship with Jesus? For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him will not perish but have everlasting life. So yes, God is love and the world wants to love. The, love, the world wants a loving God, but the world don't want to deal with a God that, you know, I don't want, I don't want you the God that, the way you really are. I want the God that I'm creating you in my mind to be. Because I'm not really that bad. I'm not a bad person. I'm, a, I'm really a good person. I just make some mistakes. I think some bad things. I, I, I show out sometimes. My mouth gets me in a whole lot of trouble. I go some places that I know I shouldn't go. I mean, I know it's wrong. I understand that. But God is love. And He's okay. He's a good God. He's so good that, I mean, it's dangerous, church. It's really dangerous. He's so good that I know a verse, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whosoever believes in him, he's a good God. Is he your God? Is he your God? It's scary, y'all. It's scary. I, I stress a lot. I stress a lot, know the Word. I stress a lot, apply the Word, listen to the Word, and do what the Word says. But you can do what the Word says. You can, you can literally pick, a, pick verses and you can try in your own strength to do what the Word says and be lost. If there's no relationship... If there's no relationship, if there's no forgiveness of sins, if there's no, Jesus, you are my Lord, you are my Savior. I am whosoever that deserved death. I deserve the hell. I deserve everything that, that I, my sin rightfully deserved. And Jesus, you are my only hope. You are my forgiveness. Is Christ your forgiveness? Is Christ Jesus your only hope? When that day draws near, is Jesus Christ the only thing you're dependent on? I mean, like straight up, really the only thing that you've got going for you. I'm not talking about, hey, let's try one more test. Let's give me, give me one more round of something or, or send me off to this doctor or this doctor. No, I'm saying, look, Lord, if you're ready to get me, take me home kind of stuff. Jesus, you are my Savior. You are my, 
my God, my, my forgiveness, you are my hope, my redeemer, my Lord, you are mine. There's a difference in knowing what this book says and knowing and having a relationship with it. God created the heavens and the earth. God created everything that's here and He created a Garden of Eden and He put Adam and Eve there in the garden and everything was good. And He walked with man. He literally walked with man there in the garden. All through this, you, you, you see God created a garden and He put man in the garden and He brought all the animals to Adam and Adam named all the animals and, he, and there was no helper suitable for, for Adam and it wasn't good for man to be alone so God put Adam to sleep and He took a rib out of him and He created him a woman and He brought him to him and He said, bone of your bones. Adam was like, whoa, man. In chapter 3, the serpent comes and He and God had done told him you could eat of any tree you could eat. Look at Genesis chapter 2. Look at Genesis chapter 2. Guys, I'm telling you, I'm asking you this morning, do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? Is He your Lord and Savior? If you can't answer yes, then when that day draws near and your time on earth is ending, then you, if, if it is today and Jesus Christ is not your Lord and your Savior and your Redeemer, and he, if He's not your hope, then you're lost. Look at what He says. Then verse 15, Genesis 2, 15, Then the Lord God took the man, and he put him in a garden of Eden to cultivate it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, From any tree of the garden you may eat freely, but from the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it you will surely die. The same book that says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, says, If you disobey me and you do this thing, you will surely die. So it's not all warm and, and rosy and, and happily ever after. No, the Bible is not a happy ever after book. The Bible is that if you don't trust me and do it my way, if you don't believe in my Son and forgot to love the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him will have everlasting life, okay, well, what if I don't believe in Him? Well, it's totally opposite. You're going to have everlasting life, but it's not going to be in a good place. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The Bible talks far more. We don't like to read it. The Bible says very, very, very little about heaven, but talks regularly about hell and Hades and the grave and the suffering and the weeping and the, where the worm doesn't die, where there's no hope. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Why? Why did Jesus have to come? Because God told man, He gave him very specific rules. He gave him very specific rules to live by. Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of this, 
this particular tree, you cannot or you will die. Chapter 3, you get to chapter 3 of the book of Genesis. Now the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Indeed, has God said you shall not eat from any tree of the garden? Not making it up. This is what the Bible says. The same book that we want to memorize, the same book that we want to live by, explains everything that we need to know. The devil comes and he tempts Eve. And the woman said to the serpent, From the fruit of the tree of the garden we may eat, but from the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat from it or touch it or you will die. And the serpent said to the woman, You surely will not die. For God knows that in the day you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. And, and when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight for the eyes and that the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took from it and ate and she gave it also to her husband with her and he ate also. And the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loin coverings. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and God put man in, in, an, in a garden in a perfect place, and he said you could do anything except that one thing. And here they did that one thing, and sin, rebellion, disobedience entered. And here comes God. Like he had probably done who knows how many times before. Here comes God. Verse 8, look at what it says. And they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of God among the trees of the garden. Never before had they hid themselves. Never before had it been a problem. Probably had heard him walking through the garden in the cool of the day many, many times before. Never before had it been an issue, but when sin entered the picture, something happened. And the Lord called the man and said to him, where are you? And he said, I heard you, heard the sound of you in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid myself. In verse 11, and he said, who told you you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree which I commanded you not to eat? And the man said, the woman whom you gave me. Notice it starts the blame game. God kicks them out. You keep reading. God kicks them out of the garden. Read on down. Then the Lord, verse 22. Then the Lord God said, behold, the man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil. And now he might stretch out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him out from the Garden of Eden to cultivate the ground from which he was taken. So, the, so he drove. Listen to this, church. This God who we, we know is a God of love tells Adam that if you eat of it, you will die. He eats of it. God comes through. He hides himself because he's naked. And how does he know that? Because his eyes have been opened to sin. And God kicks him out. The relationship that was once there. The closeness. God walked with man in the garden. But now look at verse 
24, so he drove the man out, and at the east of the Garden of Eden, he stationed the cherubim and the flaming sword, which turned every direction to guard the way to the tree of life. He kicked him out. Go over with me to the book of Galatians. No, Romans. Go to Romans chapter 5. You say, Brother Shannon, I know that story. I know you know that story. You know lots of stories, but do you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? Every man, woman, boy, and girl on the planet, it doesn't matter if they're good or bad. It's not an issue if they're good or bad, or, or, or do they help their neighbor, or are they kind, or are they loving, or are they caring. It, it has nothing to do with any of those things. It literally has to do with the relationship. And on that day, when my strength is fading, my time on this earth is ending, when your time on this earth is ending, what are you holding on and grasping to is it how good you were and the relationships you made and the friends you have around you or is it the Jesus who came and saved you or is it the Jesus who redeemed you Romans chapter 5 verse 6 says this for while we were still helpless Look at that, church. While we were still helpless at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And the question is, well, why did God send Jesus? Why? Because he just loves the world so much. No, when in the garden man sinned and we were kicked out, the relationship was separated, severed. And there's nothing you and I can do. We're helpless, Scripture says. We, are, we, are, we have no hope. The right time when we were helpless, we, mankind, is, is helpless apart from Jesus. There's nothing you can do to save yourself. There's nothing you can do to forgive yourself. Listen, listen, I want you to hear this. I want to, I want to break through. I want, to, I want you to take the same you that knows the Star Spangled Banner and knows the Pledge of Allegiance and knows John 3.16 and they're just all repeatable, memorizable, learnable things. Here's the thing. If you die without having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and having your sins forgiven by the shed blood that he poured out on the cross of Calvary for you, if you die without trusting him and allowing him to be Lord and the forgiver and redeemer of your life, then you are lost and headed to a devil's hell. It doesn't matter how many verses you've got memorized, how many, how many quotes and songs and how many pledges you've got memorized. It doesn't matter how good you are and how hard you work and how much time you put in giving to the poor. If you do not trust Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you will die and bust hell wide open. And you will remember days just like this for all of eternity. I don't care if you say, well, you're just a preacher, holy man, and you're just trying to rattle my cage. No, I'm trying to tell you that you're lost without Jesus. I'm trying to tell you you're headed to hell without Jesus. While we were still helpless. Why were we helpless? Because there's nothing you could do on your own at the right time. While we were still helpless, Christ died on the cross for us. 
We couldn't do nothing. Look at verse 8. But God demonstrated his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus did for you what you couldn't do for yourself while we were enemies, while we were helpless, while we were rebels. Quit trying to make it make sense. Quit trying to make, you, make your mind understand it. Quit trying to wrap, stop trying to wrap your mind around, well, I need to see him to believe him. I need, to, I need tangible things. You've got to show me a table to tell me that there's a table. Well, I'm telling you that there's a God who you will stand before one of these days and your life will be flashed before you and you are a helpless, hopeless, sinner, enemy of God standing there without Jesus being your Redeemer. If you do not have Jesus as your forgiveness, if you do not have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and His blood covering you, you're going to stand there in your helpless state and in your hopeless state and He's going to say, depart from me, I never knew you. I never knew you. Go down. Verse 12. Notice, notice this. Let it make sense. I'm going to explain it. Here's how it works. God doesn't just make God in his holiness and in his love and his goodness. He didn't just say, here, blank check, believe me. No, he straight up give us the word to explain it to us. Look at verse 12. Therefore, just as through one man, sin entered into the world. Who is that one man? Adam. Remember, Adam sinned. One man, Adam and Eve, sinned there in the garden. Remember, there in the garden, remember, God said, from any tree. I'm not making this up. You just read it yourselves. From one tree you can't eat from the devil says, did God really say that? They ate it every other time. God's walking through the midst of the garden. They're hanging out. They're walking together. They hear after sin, after they rebelled, after they disobeyed, they go hide themselves and God kicks them out. Just because, therefore, just as one man sin entered into the world and death through sin, listen, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. What's the definition of sin? To him who knows the right thing to do and does not do it, to him it is sin. Every person, for all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. Every person is a sinner. It doesn't matter. You may not like the word. You may not appreciate the word. You may not like the judgment you feel from the word. But you are a sinner in need of a Savior. And the good news is Jesus Christ came so that you could be forgiven. Look at verse 14. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam until Moses, even over those who had not sinned in the likeness of the offense of Adam, who is a type of the, the first who came. But the free gift is not like the transgression. Listen to this. For if by the transgression the of the one, the many died, much more did the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abound to the many. See, the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned. For on the one hand, the judgment arose from one transgression resulting in condemnation. But on the other hand, the free gift arose from many transgressions resulting in justification. Guys, Adam and Eve were sinners. You and I are sinners. Jesus was not a sinner. He was perfectly sinless. 
He didn't deserve to die, but they murdered him. He didn't deserve to be condemned, but they condemned him. He didn't deserve to be judged and to have the, have the wrath that each and every one of us on planet earth deserve. We deserved that wrath. But God in His graciousness poured out His wrath on His own Son and instead of us. Jesus took the punishment that you and I deserve. Jesus took the wrath that you and I deserve. We're the sinners, not Christ. We're the ones. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Listen, church, that whosoever, every person, whosoever believes in Him, here's what God did. Instead of punishing us, see, man was separated from God, but at the right time when we were still helpless, God sent His Son to take the place, to take the punishment, to take what sinful man deserved. What you and I deserve, what you deserve, Jesus has already taken it. The punishment for your sin, for your rebellion, for your attitudes, for your knowing what to do and not doing it, for knowing how to act and not acting it, all of that deserves eternal separation from a holy and righteous God. And God demonstrated His own love toward us by sending His Son Jesus. God loves you so much, yes, that He sent His Son Jesus to die on the cross so that you could have forgiveness of sins. So that you could. Remember those, those, those fiery serpents that when they sent Adam and Eve out of the garden, they were separated and they could not get back in. There was no way to get back to God. But God sent His Son Jesus so that you and I could be brought back to God. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him won't perish but have everlasting life. Do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? I'm not talking about do you know, do you have biblical knowledge? Biblical knowledge is like memorizing the pledge. It's good. Has no eternal significance. Do you have a relationship with Jesus? Are you a Christian? Have you asked Jesus to forgive you of your sins? Have you trusted Him to be your Lord and Savior? Have you said, Jesus, I repent of my sins and I, I confess I'm a sinner and I deserve. Lord, I, I deserve whatever you give me, but I choose by faith to put my trust in Christ Jesus. Are you a Christian? Are you a believer? Are you a follower of Christ? Has your sins been forgiven? And on that day, when your strength is fading, the time is drawing near, is Jesus your Savior? Is He your Lord? It's a dangerous thing, that head knowledge versus knowing Him as Savior. I know information. I have a relationship. I know facts about Him. I know Him personally. Do you know facts about Him or do you know Him personally? Do you know information that the Bible 
has in it, or do you have a personal relationship with the God of that Bible? I want us to bow our heads this morning. If you're lost, I'm going to give you an opportunity this morning to ask Jesus Christ to be your Savior. If you're lost right now, you can be saved right now. If you're a lost person in this room, you can, you can be saved today right now. All you have to do is put your trust and your faith in Jesus. The Bible says, I'm going to read it. You keep your heads down and just listen. I'm reading what the Bible says. I'm not making it up. I'm not going to quote it so you hear it wrong. I'm going to tell you what the Bible says. It says that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. And you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. For with the heart, a person believes resulting in righteousness. And with the mouth, he confesses resulting in salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Father God, I pray around this room right now for every man, woman, boy, and girl. God, I pray that if there's someone in this room that does not have a personal relationship with you, that God, your spirit right now is convicting them of their need of a Savior. It's convicting them, God, that they are, when their end draws near, their time on this earth is is fading away. God, they're entering into that next life of eternity. God, I pray that their hope is in you, Jesus. But listen, if you're in here and you want Jesus as Savior, why don't you do this right now? You say, Brother Shannon, I want, I want, I want forgiveness. I want to trust Christ as my Lord and Savior. I want to ask Him into my life and to be my Lord. Here's what you do. You just do it. Say this right there in the stillness and the quietness of this moment. Say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Jesus, come into my life and be my Lord. I admit I'm a sinner. I can't do anything to save myself or forgive myself. I believe that you died on the cross for me. I ask you to come into my life and take over me, God. Jesus, I give you my life. I make you my Lord. I put my trust in you alone. Forgive me and save me, Jesus. Now I want you to say this. Say, Jesus, thank you for saving me. Thank you for being my Lord. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. For being patient and waiting on me. Hey, and while you're talking to him, why don't you say, Lord, from, from this day on, I'm gonna I want to grow in my relationship with you. Tell him that. Say, I wanna, I wanna grow, Lord. I want to know you more. Ask him. Say, Lord Jesus, I want to know you more. I want to know your word. I want to know you more. I want to walk with you daily. I want to grow in my relationship with you. I want everything there is 
from you.